Welcome to the Rose Garden Podcast. I am your host, Thomas Rose. Tommy Rose, Tom Rose, T. Rose, Tommy Pickles. I don't know what's going on with my name anymore. I'm still figuring out who I am, but welcome to the Rose Garden Podcast. If this is your first time here, uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. If you are a returning listener, thank you for listening and welcome back. Um, Everybody, if you haven't done so already, uh, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or subscribe to podcasts at. And if you want to join the conversation, you can email us here at therosegardenpodcast at gmail.com. That's therosegardenpodcast at gmail.com. So to give you a recap, I am a communications student seeking a communications degree at California University of Pennsylvania. You guessed it, located in where? Oh, Pennsylvania. Yes. I am taking classes, and one of the classes requires that I come up with a project. So I had an idea of doing a podcast for a very long time, and I decided that now was the best time. So between my classes and what's going on in the world and everything else, um, wow, all my Apple devices are just going off right now. Um, it's so weird. I'm in a room full of, uh oh, standby. There we go. Uh, my Apple computer just went off. I don't know if you guys heard that in the background. My Apple computer went off, my MacBook, my iPhone, and my Apple Watch all in the same room because I had an incoming call. Um, so, yes, where was I? Yes, yes, that's right. Communication student, making connections, etc. And so, let's get right into this week's episode, shall we? Because Today in lecture, we talked about some interesting things that I want to share with you, and which is part of the reason why I titled this particular one is Episode 4, Communication as Conversation. I'll get into why I specifically titled that other than the fact that I just copied it off the syllabus and it sounded fantastic. Um, so one of the course resources that we've been using is an essay by David Ingen. Talk, and it talks about the creative imagination and it talks about ways of seeing and seeing communication as a symbolic process, symbolic interaction, culture, storytelling, conversation, and then seeing as allows us to see that communication, um, certain things can be said about communication. It's not just you and me having a conversation, words coming out of my mouth, and the words going, you know, from the vibrations in my throat to your eardrums to your brain, and then you, you know, all of a sudden have these fantastic ideas and thoughts that I planted into your head. No. Um, a lot of people in the communications realm um, hate the conduit method or metaphor. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Go Google the conduit, uh, the conduit uh, metaphor. 
But I want to move us along here because uh, when anybody creates something or interacts with someone, there are usually two questions that we have to seek to understand the answers to. So you're probably wondering, what the hell are you talking about? Well, when you read a book, a story, an essay, or watch a movie, um, even when you write assignments for class, you have to know what is the author saying and what is the author doing. And you'll find sometimes that what the author or creator of something is doing is not what they're saying. And what they're saying is not what they're doing. You also have to look at how things are identified and look at the organization and the structure of any resources that you're using. Because when you work with vocabulary words and sources that are not familiar to you, it makes it very difficult to understand and comprehend what you are taking in. So, one of the things that I want to talk about, I think this episode is going to be very short this week because this is Tuesday. Uh, we, were, we continued this conversation on moral intelligence and feed-forward impulse uh, later on in the week during lecture, but if you if you are interested, um, go look up uh, David Ingen's essay on um, cultivating the creative imagination, and then Burke. I think it's Burke. Yeah, Burke's essay, the definition definition of man, because that's where a lot of these uh, that's where a lot of this inspiration is coming from for these multi week episodes of the Rose Garden podcast. I'm drawing connections between course content, my commonplace book, which is a project for one of my classes, and um, this podcast and my life. I'm trying to mush it all together uh, and lay the, the, the foundations of something bigger and better. So, did you know that we have moral intelligence? You're like, Huh? Okay. Now I think you're talking a little funny. Well, moral intelligence is something that's mentioned in Ingen's essay. And basically, it's, I have influence over you. So a fancy word on, or a fancy spin on that, we can just say manipulation, right? I can manipulate you to get what I want from you. Or I could influence you to get what I want from you, whether it's directly or indirectly. You know, the term subjectivity um, is something you should look up uh, because to think that somebody has power over another person it's almost like you're, it's almost like I'm the, the leader of the free world and I command the army and anyone that dares to step out of line shall be persecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Or back in the old days, they would say, off with your head. And then voila, there it is, off with your head. Your head is now on a silver shiny platter for 
your highness. But have you ever thought that instead of interacting with people for your personal gain, that you interact with people to have a conversation and then ask for what it is that you need rather than just use and dispose of people Um, to piggyback on that, it's how can I connect to you and how does my life interact with yours? Because like I said before in the previous episode, that we are a bunch of stories. Each one of us is a story and then we're interacting with another story and the story overall gets bigger. So... I believe I said in the last episode, instead of asking where are you from to a stranger that you pass by, whether it's on the bus or in the checkout aisle or whatever, you know, small talk conversation, um, ask, you'll be surprised. Maybe you'll get a reaction you didn't expect, but ask them what's your story rather than where are you from or how are you? That, my friends will get a reaction. But moving on, like I said, this episode is going to be very short because it's like part one of this week's lecture. Um, I want to talk about the feedback and feed forward. So feedback is when I put something out there into the world or you put something out there into the world or we put something out there in the world. Notice how I said I, me, you, we. So it went from big to small. Well, whenever something is created, we usually like to get feedback, whether it's instant gratification or grades or, I don't know, a speeding ticket, or a red light traffic ticket, or case dismissed at the courtroom, or uh, when you hit that submit button on TurboTax and it says you're getting back over $1,000, like that's feedback because I put in the work to do my taxes and you're telling me I'm, I'm getting something back. Now, that's a very... Uh, interesting way of thinking things with those examples I used. I understand they're a little out there, but feed forward. Well, it's basically before I create whatever it is I do with intent, how might the message be thought of by my audience before delivery? So before I go up to the podium and give a speech, I would have to process how you, as the audience, are going to take what I'm about to say. And sometimes when you've already created something, you have to change it based on your audience because your audience can change unless you're limiting yourself to one specific audience. Which, if you're limiting yourself to one specific audience, it's usually because you have intention. But remember the times when 
you would take a public speaking class and or an English writing class and they would say before you begin you need to come out with an outline of what you're going to say don't write the don't write the paper or write the report or write the speech and then do the outline well if you look carefully you'll notice that headlines are usually all capital letters and title cases are the sections or the topics or the main the main point one of the individuals that we spoke about today in lecture was this dude named Barnett Pierce uh, he lived from 1943 to 2011 and to, according to the slides presented in class by my professor he is uh, associated with uh, Coordinated Management of Meaning, or CMM. Barnett Pierce also wrote a book that I found out about today called The Communication, called, not The Communication, it's called Communication and the Human Condition. Uh, if you have an interest in expanding your uh, mind and your scope of communication, understanding, and meaning, or if you're just straight up curious, I'd probably go check it out. But according to my notes, uh, he makes three claims. One is that we live in communication. Communication is more complex than we can, more complex than we have imagined. And the last one is communication is a perspective or way of seeing rather than a message to be produced and transmitted. Now, if you know anything about comm studies or communication studies, you might have heard this term called the conduit metaphor. Uh, this dude Pierce uh, from Notes and Lecture is not a fan of this conduit metaphor. In fact, according to lecture notes, uh, his approach is more social constructionist perspective. A social constructionism seeks to understand the new, ah, sorry, can't even read my own handwriting sometimes. Could you imagine if I took every thought that I had out loud and it was, it was like transcribed or, or written on a dry erase board by somebody else and it was just a me in a room with my collection of thoughts oh that is terrifying anyways social constructionism seeks to understand the never-ending process of producing and reproducing social realities through our conversations with others I would encourage you to go look up the term social reality so that you have an understanding of what I'm talking about um, the other note that I have here in my notebook about this dude Pierce is that persons in conversations co-construct their own social realities and are simultaneously shaped by the worlds they create. Alright, let's unpack that for a second. 
So we, meaning you and I, are having a conversation. We're talking. We're having a dialogue. We are shaped by the worlds we create. So the things around us basically create the world we live in. And, yeah, shaped by the worlds they create. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, not a complete nutcase after all. Um, although the uh, jury is still out on that one. But Pierce says persons in conversations co-construct their own social realities and are simultaneously shaped by the worlds they create. So the fact that you and I are having a conversation, we are two stories. We are two stories interacting with each other. And then you pan, like you zoom out and then you look at the person next to you. They got their own story. They're interacting in the world. So then we all become part of this bigger story. But what we're doing right now, having this conversation, is shaping the world in some way so that the minute our conversation ends, some ripple effect in the world is going to happen. Now, I have a couple more things that I want to talk about like one or two more things and then we'll bring this to a close but um, one of the things that I want to talk to you about is the connection between what Pierce says and what Carrie says Burke says and Geertz says or Geertz Geertz Gertz I, I can't pronounce his name and Carrie, and I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but communication is a symbolic process, dot, dot, dot. Burke, humans are symbol using, symbol making, dot, dot, dot. Humans, humans are, uh, I think it's humans are animals suspended in webs of, dot, dot, dot. You can go find those, uh, rest of those dot, dot, dots uh, in Egan's essay, but I believe it was M.C. Escher that says that we are master of perspective manipulation, which leads me to one other thing, and from, from the notes today is communication is not just one of the things we do every day. Everything we do each day is a part of our conversations with others, past conversations we remember, present conversations we are engaging, and future conversations we anticipate. And one of the things I spoke about earlier was about, you know, subjectivity. And I want to ask, if you never see a person in your life ever again, Let's say the person you're at the grocery store with or the person sitting next to you at work in that boring meeting that your employer or your boss could have just sent an email to everybody uh, or you're in a classroom setting and the student next to you. And my question to you is based on these scenarios, 
If you knew 100% and it was guaranteed that you would never ever see that person ever again, would your interaction with that person change? Would you treat them differently? Would you use different words, different gestures? Would you wear different clothes? Uh, would you, I don't know, maybe show up later or earlier? That's something that I want you to think about uh, because I'm almost certain with technology in today's world that in some way, somehow, you will see that person again. May not be today, tomorrow, an hour from now, 10 years from now, but at some point, whether it's phys like in person, physically, or through the wonderful thing known as technology and social media, I can almost guarantee you that you will see that person again. And so that's my question that I want you to think about is, if you knew that you would never see them again, would you interact with them completely different? And if so, what would you do differently? Like I said before, that's, uh, this is part one of this week's topic in class, communication as conversation. And some of the things that we covered today were um, some course resources, moral intelligence, feedback versus feed forward, um, the three claims that Pierce makes, uh, social constructionism, social reality, and the uh, connections between Geats or Gertz, Burke, Carey, and Pierce. And my thought of the day to you. So that's all the time that we have today, folks. Um, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to and subscribe to podcasts at. Your support means a lot to me. And if you would like to be a part of this podcast in any way, whether it's a featured guest or you have a tip, trick, suggestion, or idea, or show topic, uh, by all means, uh, email the podcast at therosegardenpodcast at gmail.com. That's therosegardenpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, everybody, uh, know, or not know, I want you to believe that you're going to do something awesome. And peace out, everybody.